Hello, and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR, your main proprietor at the Tenkar's Tavern blog. Discord server, Mimi group, Facebook group, Twittering, and that Instagram shite. So this is the uh, Labor Day weekend. It's Sunday night. Uh, I, I have to admit that once I became senior in my rank as sergeant, my my... Uh, work location, I always made a Labor Day, an individual vacation pick day, uh, just so I wouldn't have to work the uh, West Indian Day detail again, because uh, it was hellish. Now I'm just very happy and blessed that I am retired and not dealing with all the crap that's going on right now. But that's something totally off topic. So what am I talk about today? Well, I did promise last week that we would talk AD&D uh, at least once a week. And today will be that day this week. Now, I've probably brought this up in the past because it's really something that's irked me about money. And not just the fact that money has so many subsystems that are incompatible with the main resolution system, right? I mean... The main resolution system is a D20. Attacks and saves. Unless you're doing unarmed combat. With the overbearing and pummeling charts, which are not D20 based, but are percentile based. And I never quite understood the whole subdual damage, regular damage deal, let alone subduing dragons. That my, my group never did such. They either killed it or got killed by it or drove it off, but the subdued damage didn't happen. But there was always something that confused me to shit. Alright? And that was weapon speed. Because weapon speed, from what I understand, and I'm still not claiming to have any real understanding of weapon speed, is that weapon speed came into account or came into effect when initiative was tied. So if, if both sides tied an initiative, that's when weapon speed came into effect. And that's when a dagger could theoretically strike m multiple times before the two-handed sword. And one thing I never really fully understood either is what if it's a fighter fighting with a dagger. Which I know, I know, right? Never happened, right? Um, but what if it was a fighter... Fighting with a dagger who already has multiple attacks per round. Maybe they're specialized. So maybe at, at their 7th level and they're getting uh, 2 attacks per round. Right? With daggers. How does that work with the tied weapon speed? And it all breaks down in my head. Alright? It all breaks down. Now, and again. Attacks, saves... D20. But, surprise, an initiative, D6. Okay, I can handle that. Not a big deal. But, again, why is it that attacks made unarmed go to these weird percentile, not even really like a table, all these wacky adjustments? That's why we always used to just house rule it that fisted, one to two points of damage. 
Um, and really only effective against somebody who had an unarmored part to their body. Maybe if you, you know, if somebody was in plate mail or chain mail and you wanted to box it out with him, you had to do a cold shot for the head. But then again, there weren't really even rules for cold shots unless you entered them yourself, right? For a system that was supposed to do away with the ambiguity of core white box D&D or basic expert, AD&D did exactly the opposite. It caused a lot of questions. And I know that part of it was that the DMG... And here's the thing. The Player's Handbook... Seems pretty well organized. Sure, they throw in the bar class, which breaks the rules for multi-classing. Totally. Right? Not sorry, dual classing. Totally. Because uh, you can, you're, dual cla you're changing your class twice, beyond the limit of once, and the stat requirements aren't the same, but neither here nor there. But the DMG seems like it's a bunch of random sub- I don't know, like, subsystems that aren't compatible with the main system. You know? All right. Actually, with the player's handbook, we should throw in psionics, which is another. That's why they're in the back, the the appendix, right? Well, well listen, that's, that's where things like unarmed combat should have been thrown into the back of the, the uh, DMG as an optional system because... Let's be honest. That was broken. Weapon speed should have been thrown into the back of the DMG as an optional system. In my group, weapon speed was the first thing we jettisoned. Now, I remember an article, I'm going to say, Dragon 6970, around there, which had a different look on weapon speed, or at least tried to explain it. It's around when he had the article with uh, the variable weapon damage based upon class. Like if you, were, if you were a magic user or an illusionist, any weapon you had aside from uh, a staff, the D4 damage. So even if you fight with a longsword like uh, like Gandalf, you will win the D4. I, I understood that. It made sense. But, uh, yeah. Listen, somebody out there can explain weapon speed to me. I kind of understand... The whole surprise chart, which is really poorly laid out in the DMG, we muddled through that. But if somebody can explain how weapon speed works in AD&D 1st Edition, I'd love to hear it. I, uh, you know, do a Matt Jackson, call up, say, oh, I'm tottering out, back with part two, back with part three. Because I, I think myself and others would probably benefit greatly from your knowledge. Um, on that note, folks, we're in the midst of a pandemic. It's canceled conventions for the whole year. You know? And the OSR, starting with GaryCon and moving on down, conventions have, in-person conventions have gone the way of the dodo bird. Take actions, take precautions by using your common sense. All right, not a medical professional. Can't tell you what to do. I'm just saying, use your common sense. Protect yourself, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your community.
Uh, be safe, be well, God bless, roll those dice, and I will talk with you all tomorrow. God will. All right.